0: It's uh, week two of summer camp. We've got the
1: schedules out. It's almost starting to feel like baseball. Oh, my gosh, Chad. We've got the scrimmages that we can talk about. Uh, Tickets are on sale to watch the Cubs. We're going to get into that. And, of course, we have a very special guest that we're going to chat with. Mark Jean Greco, sports anchor, WLS Channel 7, the best in Chicago when it comes to local sports. He's going to join us. We are so excited to have him.
0: We are going to talk about some early testing concern, early COVID testing concerns. We're going to talk about uh, some projections that are out for the Cubbies that are pretty favorable if you haven't seen those and also the Cubs frequent flyers that may be their benefit.
1: That's right. So stick around because the friendly confines starts right now. First inning now, Chad, and the Major League Baseball season has officially announced the schedule, and the Cubs will open the year on July 24th against the Milwaukee Brewers at home. The Cubs' 60-game schedule is officially out. The Cubs have probably one of the more favorable schedules in baseball. Um, They have the second easiest schedule in the NL Central, um, only behind the Cincinnati Reds. And right now, Chad, when you look at it, uh, the Cubs have significant home games against their rival teams. And they got six games against the White Sox, which would end the year for them at the cell uh, or whatever the heck it's called these days. I can't keep track of all the <laughs> Who knows? changes that it's like at uh, the old Comiskey Park. But with that being said, uh, this schedule could play in the Cubs' favor. When you look at the Cubs' schedule initially, what do you think? of what the Cubs schedule looks like for this 2020 season.
0: I mean, the fact that, uh, that the Cubs have more home games against the Brewers and the Cardinals makes me feel pretty good about their chances. Uh, but they also have more, uh, games in Cincinnati, which will favor the Reds who obviously, if you look at the moves they've made, they are stacking the deck to try to make a run this year with or without, uh, COVID-19. So I think, you know, the Cubs have a very favorable position, uh, and, It's just a really unique schedule right now. Uh, Also, I mean, you know, let's be honest, the American League Central, not the best uh, divisions, uh, uh, not, you know, between in the American League. So, you know, the Cubs uh, or whoever team comes out strong, wins, um, takes advantage of the the lesser talent on the schedule. um, There is a a team that could absolutely run away within the division. And the Cubs, I think, have a really good opportunity
1: to be that team. Yeah, I really do. I mean, listen, uh, we can get into handicapping the division in the next inning, but Um, look, this, as we've already talked about, this season, anything is up for grabs. Anything can happen. Teams that you would not normally think would have a chance are going to have a chance this year. So I'm not taking away anything from any team because it would not shock me in the least, Chad, if the Pittsburgh Pirates end up winning the division. I mean, that's how much uncertainty there is this year in Major League Baseball. Maybe the only team that uh, doesn't have a shot is the Baltimore Orioles. But other than that, I think any team is in play and is not going to be counted out um, when, when it's all said and done. So let us move on now to the second inning, Chad. And the uh, Pacota standings and predictions were put out as well to determine who was going to finish where um, in the division. And, uh, of course, you know, it's always interesting to kind of see, like, where they think the uh, teams are going to end up. And what I did find interesting in all this, there is not a single – major league baseball team um, that Dakota predicted to have more than 38 wins. That being the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, everyone else is 38 and under. So it doesn't expect anybody to kind of have a runaway type season where we're going to see a team in the forties, potentially, um, you know, win the division might could happen. Um, Looking at the Cubs right now, they are predicted at 31.6 and 28.4. And they are currently behind the Cincinnati Reds. Just basically a game behind them uh, when it's all said and done. Cardinals finishing in third, Brewers in fourth, and the Pirates in fifth. Um, You know, I got to be honest, Chad, looking at that, like that standing, I I mean, it it looks like that is, to me, seems pretty accurate if I were to predict who I thought was going to finish where. Obviously, I can't say the wins and losses, but if you were going to handicap it with me, Reds, Cubs, Cardinals, Brewers, Pirates, I feel pretty confident in that for sure.
0: Yeah, a couple takeaways for me. And, you know, for the casual fan, they they may be hearing Dakota for the first time, but uh, they... They are the metric that 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 last year uh, ahead of time had them finishing in the mid-80s and missing the playoffs, which was profoundly accurate and really required a swoon at the end for the Cubbies to do that. So, you know, my, my main takeaways are there's two things here right now. Based upon the projections, the Cubs are one of two wildcard teams and will be one of five playoff teams based on those projections. But the funny thing about all this, the most interesting thing about this is there is six, six and a half to seven games separating first to last in the central. And that's not just to say they're not sure what's going on. There's a lot of parody. It's just to say in this 60 game season, as you mentioned before, anything can happen. And if the right team gets hot or cold at the right moment, yeah, it, it, it could blow up these standings in yep, a second.
1: absolutely. So let us move to the third inning now, Chad. And, of course, you and I have gone back and forth about where we think the season is going to start, begin, and end. Um, the Cubs had to delay their last team practice because they had not gotten their tests back yet for their COVID uh, results. Um, but they did finally get them back. And the good news is is every single player and coach did test negative for COVID-19. However, it still does not uh, take away the concern that the players and the coaches have um, when it comes to dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and how they're going to deal with everything. Um, But the nice thing is, at least for now, um, the Cubs have protected their players and coaches as best they can, and so far, there has not been any negative tests, but I'm sure there is just a matter of time before there is one. Um, do you share that same uh, sort of agreement uh, when it comes to these sort of tests?
0: Yeah, it is just a matter of time. And I think when the initial test came out, uh, under 2% of, of all players, staff, coaches, everything tested positive, which was less than the national average. Um, you know What's concerning to me is... Is my concerns for this season getting off and and finishing, completing, going all the way to a, a, a playoffs and a World Series? Um, Major League Baseball wasn't prepared, and and I don't put that on on uh, Major League Baseball. You know, we as a society have not been prepared for everybody that wants a test to get a test, and so the fact that you know just a few days in um, to summer camp, you had entire teams having to hold off and not actually do warm ups, scrimmages, things like that. Um, because there weren't enough testing, or the testing had delayed, or the testers didn't show up, and so if you're expecting um, Major League Baseball, who's going to be traveling all across the country, even though in their divisions and jumping on planes and off of planes and in the hotels in different cities, if you're expecting this to go smoothly, this does not bode well, considering everybody is in the static place they were expected to be when, when this season kicked off. So I'm greatly concerned. I'm not putting a blame on anybody because I, I actually believe that we don't have this tackled and and nobody really has this tackled. Uh, I, I am dreading the day that, that we, you know, we get a, an outbreak on, on the Cubs or any team, um, and I've told you before, Ryan, my biggest, my biggest worry is what's happened to some major league soccer teams or a professional soccer teams so far in the States, um, entire teams just pulling out of, of their sport. And that could absolutely happen. What would be the ramifications? Who knows? But it's good news. The testing uh, hasn't shown any tests the, affecting the Cubs. Everybody's healthy for now. Uh, but I think it's just a
1: matter All of time. Right, so let us move on now as we go to the fourth inning. And staying on the topic of COVID, of course, Um, Chris Bryant and David Ross uh, both were interviewed the other day about this pandemic and certainly expressed their concerns. I mean, we've seen um, some name players, notably Mike Trout, who has come out and kind of said that they're not sure if they're going to um, continue throughout the season. I mean, Chris Bryant has a newborn baby. He brought his child and his wife to Chicago, um, but he says he's going to move full steam ahead for now, but certainly, he does feel concerned as does uh, David Ross. Um, there are just things that, you know, could happen in an instant. And as Chris Bryant said, it could just be one day where it just ruins everything. So we've got to be on top of this thing and hopefully we figure it out. And quote from Chris Bryant, uh, David Ross obviously said that the lack of frequency and testing has bothered him and it's raised a red flag. So these are things that are being publicly said by the players um, and yet we are needing, as you mentioned, Chad, Major League Baseball to be more consistent, to have a better plan. So we don't see these teams, as you say, pulling out. And then is on Major League Baseball and these organizations to make sure they protect these guys as best they can.
0: Yeah, I, I do appreciate the recent report this week, Kyle Schwarber saying that there was an all team meeting um, and I don't know if you, you've seen the visuals, but it's so funny in the 200 section underneath the overhang, they did a social distancing team meetings, <laughs> players spread out all over that uh, uh, many, many different uh, uh, sections and aisles. Um, but he shared that, that the players came together and talked about what is acceptable and what is unacceptable, um, you know, because, you know, there's, there's two aspects of it, the concern of the, of, of the testing and, and, and doing their job, but also there's a responsibility for all these players. If they're, signing up to show up, they need to take the extra precautions to ensure that they don't actually bring COVID into the, the locker room, into the clubhouse, into the dugout. Um, because just imagine, I mean, that doomsday scenario of, of Chris, Brian, Javi ba- Baez, Wilson Contreras, and Albert Amora, you know, all going on the DL with COVID related issues. I mean, that's what you want to avoid. So um, I appreciate hearing from Chris. I appreciate his leadership on the issue. I also appreciated uh, Ross. Um, basically showing that he had his teams back and basically saying this is unacceptable we need to fix these glitches and so i i i, I see some camaraderie i see some, you know some connectiveness that i think we need and some leadership um but i think you know the post game interviews the discussions the storylines this year are going to be so beyond what we're used to it, it's going to be like all new sport all right fifth inning now and uh
1: let's switch it up a little bit chad in the category of needing a dishwasher. Uh, Cubs left-handed pitcher Jose Quintana uh, needed surgery to repair a laceration. He suffered apparently washing dishes in his home in Miami. Um, It required five stitches, and uh, now he is out for the at least foreseeable future. They're saying that he's expected to start throwing again in about two weeks, and then the team will determine how long he will be out. Uh, So, Chad, I ask you this. What is the most weirdest injury you've ever heard of a player (laughs) ever getting cub or non-cub that you can remember?
0: Well, I, I win. I mean, we could talk about getting in and out of a hot tub, putting on pants, you know, going down the stairs. Um, My favorite is still Bauer, um, you know, cutting the heck out of his hand (laughs) before a world series game in 2016. I don't know if you guys remember that story, but that's probably my weirdest injury. How about you? Uh,
1: I mean, for me, I, and I spoke about this with marching and Greco, for me, it's, it's got to be when Sammy Sosa sneezed. And then he was like, he was back out from sneezing. I, 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 to this day, cannot understand. Here's the
0: issue. Ryan, here's the issue. Neither you nor I have been, had that many back muscles. I bet a really strong sneeze with a really ripped back could be very devastating.
1: I, I suppose you're right, Chad. If I had a, a back that, that was that strong and had that many rippled muscles, I suppose any sneeze that I uh, and I'm a I'm a pretty violent sneezer. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that.
0: <laughs> You're um, one of those. One You're one of
1: those. those. Like I've been knocked down before by one of my sneezes. That's how powerful they are. Uh, but I cannot <laughs> say that I've been uh, on the IR for any significant period of time um, after doing so. So uh, very bizarre. But nonetheless, uh, hopefully a speedy recovery to Jose Quintana.
0: Well, let's move on to the sixth inning, and this is a, a really fun post I shared on the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Headquarters uh, Facebook page. Pretty interesting. If you think about the breakdown of the travel schedule, since everybody's going to be staying within their division or within their, their region, central region, teams playing AL and, and NL Central, uh, we, we got an infographic and some statistics showing basically, now get this. The Rangers and Astros combined collectively because they are kind of in the, you know, in the middle of the country, they're going to be logging about 15,000 miles each um, to play their 60 games before the playoffs. Now, the Brewers, 3,900 miles, the Cubs just over 4,000 miles. So I ask you, Rhino do you think that's an advantage for all the central teams um, to stay fresher and be healthier throughout this 60-game sprint?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess there's two ways you can look at it, right? I mean, you're going to be traveling a lot more, but maybe less as far as, like, kind of quick trips as opposed to having that time to be on the plane and kind of relax and not have that much, uh, you know, to worry about in the two hours that you might have to fly. But yeah, I mean, listen, the advantage of obviously playing in the Midwest where everybody is relatively in close proximity to each other, especially with the Cubs playing the White Sox and the Cardinals and the Brewers, I mean, that helps, right? I mean, you you have those teams literally in a circle right near you. So I, I mean, I guess you could say it is, but at the same time, is there something to be said about having I don't I don't know the answer to this, but is there something to be said about Having that time where you're just able, when you take those West Coast trips, to relax on the plane and and you can just kind of sleep for a bit or just hang out with your teammates um, and have that time as opposed to going from one city to the next to the next in a very close proximity of each other um, and you're kind of always on the go. Again, I don't, I don't know the answer, but you would think, just knowing you're a guy that travels a lot, Chad, you're probably the better person yeah. to ask, um, are you more fatigued? <laughs> When you go on long trips or are you more fatigued when you're yeah. constantly traveling from short distance to short distance back and forth?
0: Yeah, I you know, and I was thinking about this from my lens because I do travel a bit for business and I would share with, you No, it's 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 the longer trips take a lot out of you. They mess with your circadian rhythm. Um, they 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 do. I mean, even though, yeah, you're on a plane and then you're maybe you're on a plane for three hours. Um, it's a lot nicer when you're up and down and every single one of these flights for the cubbies are getting through security, getting on the plane, getting cleared to take off up and back down in probably 45 minutes. You know, it's probably going to be their longest flight. So I think it it, it bodes well for them. Um, They can get back on the bus, get home. They're all going to be sleeping in their own bed um, every night after a series, not getting home at two or three in the morning. And, and you know what I actually thought about Rhino and this is kind of silly, you know, what if they they decided to go old school because they wanted to protect everything, go, go full, uh, you know, early days of baseball, everybody get their own train car.
1: Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the friendly confines. You know, if you were a kid growing up in Chicago and you wanted to be a sportscaster, because I can attest to this, the guy who we're talking to today, I am so excited about because this was the guy to this day who every kid wanted to have their career like if they were going to be a sportscaster. It is my pleasure to bring on the dean of Chicago sportscasters in the Chicagoland area. It is WLS sports director from Channel 7, Mark Greco. Mark,
2: thank you so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. How are you? Chad Ryan is my absolute pleasure. I don't know who the heck you're talking about, but I'll—I <laughs> I don't think that guy could make it, but I'll fill in for. Him. No, I—I <laughs> I, I am absolutely honored. Thank you very much. I've never been called the dean before. You know what? <laughs> it's funny, Mark, because we had Dan show as well, and I actually thought Dan
1: was the longest tenured sports anchor in the market. But Dan told me, he said, nope,
2: Mark has me beat by a few months, I think. So, I don't know. I'll let you two
1: battle it out. He, he says it's you.
2: Well, I think so. But we there's a whole wave of us that came at exactly the same time. Me, Dan Rohn, Jim Rose. We had a couple other guys. Um, it, was a, it was an influx of new blood. But uh, it's been great because Chicago's had an incredible history of tremendous sportscasters. You know, Greg Gumbel came through here. Brent Musburger, uh, Johnny Morris, the former Bear, Tim Weigel, Chet Kopic, and of course, it goes way, way back uh, to pioneers. So we've had a great run here, and uh, yeah, I don't know why, but I'm still going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you still got your fastball. I think everybody
2: would agree with that, Mark. Well, it's, thank it's still you. Great. Yes, for for absolute sure.
1: And we're so glad you you are here with us. Uh, to give us a few minutes of your time. And, and so let's start here. The schedule is officially coming out tonight, but it's been leaked already. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming you've maybe had a chance to see the Cubs schedule for the 60 games that they're going to be playing in 2020. Uh, July 24th, Cubs-Brewers at Wrigley. When you kind of take a look at the schedule initially, Mark, what are your, your first
2: reactions to it when you see it? Well, it's certainly favorable for both the Cubs and the Sox, that's for sure. The Brewers have to come here seven times during these 60 games, and they only have to go to Milwaukee three times, I believe. Same with the Sox. They open with the Twins here on July 24th, and they've got the Twins uh, most of the time at the rate and only have to go to Minnesota, I think, three times as well. So that's a major advantage. And then the end of the season wraps up with the Cubs and Sox playing on the south side here. So look at Major League Baseball couldn't please everyone there's no way you can do that in a 60 game schedule uh, some teams are going to be favored over the others that's just the way it plays out I like the way it shapes up because who knows could have had Cubs Sox World Series in our own little bubble right here in Chicago that'd be incredible
1: that would be incredible it really would and I mean obviously being able to see both those teams competitive this year and with the opportunity to to make a run I mean with that being said having that 60 game schedule, you know, we always talk about in the NFL, even though, you know, obviously it's of course less games or college football, every game counts. This is really the first time we're going to see a baseball season where for, for
2: lack of a better term, every game counts this year. You kind of look at it that way too. No question about it. You know, traditionally it's April and May, and it's freezing here and people are just trying to get themselves together. And then by June, Uh, People uh, start hitting, start fielding, start taking chances, get in shape, and then they they round into what they're supposed to be. You need to win every single day. You have to have that mentality. Uh, Sox GM Rick Hahn said, actually, when you when you sort all through it, one game equals three this year. So that's the way you need to look at it. So it's going to be very interesting, and I'm excited. But I think we really have to temper this thing. A lot of players still very unhappy with Major League Baseball's testing procedures. There's already a backlog of results. Players are going nine days without knowing how they tested on the previous test. Then they have another one, and they they still don't know. So there's a lot of uncertainty. You've got Nick Marcakis of the Braves opts out, and if Mike Trout decides to opt out, and it sure appears like he's leaning that way. I mean, that's the greatest player in the game uh, backing away. Uh, The sport's going to take a huge hit. So Uh, While I think baseball is going to play, it's not for certain. The NHL is not for certain. Neither is the NBA nor MLS. You hear a lot of soccer rumors that that tournament down there is not going to start on Wednesday. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, Mark. My partner, Chad, and I always kind of, that's kind of our big debate when we're talking during our podcast is are they going to be able, you know, MLB, are they going to be able to complete this season? I've kind of taken the, the road of, Rob Manfred is going to go full steam ahead and he is going to try and make this work no matter what, because of everything that has transpired. My partner, Chad has said, he doesn't think they're going to be able to complete the season. Where, where do you stand right now with what you think would ultimately happen with the baseball season? I'm always
2: a glass half empty guy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm thinking that they might not be able to complete it because they're going to be traveling from ballpark to ballpark cities, to cities, the NHL and the NBA, of course, you know, have their hub cities and their bubble city, which makes it much more doable. Although this is going to be a season of attrition, no matter what sport you're talking about, guys are going to get sick. Guys are going to be quarantined and your champion may wind up being the team that has the biggest roster and the guys who stay healthiest, not the guys who are the best. So it's going to be really, really interesting to say the least. We're talking with Marchie Greco
1: sports anchor at ABC seven you can find Mark on Twitter at Mark e. and Greco 7 longtime sports anchor in Chicago with WLS Channel 7 of course you can catch him at five and ten o'clock uh, to all his sports casts and uh, he's kind enough to join us here on the friendly confines here is our seventh inning stretch conductor. Mark um, the Cubs of course, You know, after last season, kind of going downhill a little bit with the 84 wins comparatively to how they have uh, progressed in the past. But does this season, maybe is it advantageous for them? Do you think this could benefit them this year and they could make that run of maybe getting to the postseason one more time and and possibly surprising some folks um, for maybe a run to the World Series
2: again? I think so because, you know, your core has to produce right away. Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and the pitching staff seems to be intact except for Jose Quintana, who doesn't have a dishwasher apparently, <laughs> uh, which boggles my mind. So that's a setback for them. But they have this, this big, deep bullpen full of no-name guys that could really wind up saving the season for them. And, you know, David Ross being a first-time manager – When you have a bullpen that deep, you don't have to be that smart or that experienced. So I think, yes, definitely every team has a great chance except the Baltimore Orioles. But (laughs) uh, I, I think, yeah, the Cubs really do. I think they're in a position to really make some noise early. And then on the other side of town, I know you guys are Cubs centric, but, you know, White Sox fans have been waiting for this moment for so long, and it's just like, the South side to be denied a full season because they have this young, exciting roster that looks like it's going to be competitive for years.
1: Yeah. It's almost like 1994 all over again for
2: the white Sox a little bit. Right. I mean, here they had, the yeah, it's like, series. whoops. Hey, you're going to win the world series. That's right. Going to work stoppage. Here we go.
1: <laughs> well, you, you brought up plate gate uh, with Quintana. Um, I'm curious. What's the weirdest injury you remember of any Chicago athlete getting uh, when you were covering them uh, throughout the years? Do you, do you have one oh, in particular?
2: I just remember Carlos Boozer with the Bulls said he fell down the stairs. He, he got his foot caught in his gym bag and fell down the stairs, which was which was really dicey. I mean, it's like, really? What? I know. Uh, he just didn't feel like playing. What about and- what about when Sammy sneezed? Remember that one? Oh, yeah. And he, he ripped a groin or he pulled a lat or something. <laughs> right. That was a bizarre one, too. I know. That's so and strange. I think uh, Kerry Wood hurt himself when he smashed Sammy's boombox. You know, right. do, do you remember that? One? I do.
1: That's actually a good one, too. Yeah. It's very strange how that that all. Uh, I actually
2: remember we we videoed that. Kerry Wood was in uh, the radio studio upstairs at ESPN and we had a camera crew up there and he uh, reenacted the smashing of the boom box right there in studio. And we ran it and ha ha. Everybody had a good laugh. Carrie's wife called me and said, don't rerun that at 10 o'clock or we're never going to talk to you again. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause obviously she runs the show, of and, course. Uh, you know, so they were very, very, you know, they wanted to be very PC about that, but oh yeah, they are all kinds of look at you bring up a good point because it's such a short season. A lot of players are looking to next year, especially the free agent veterans. And they're going to say, hey, look, it, if I break a nail, I'm sitting down. I'm, I might not go all out. I'm not yeah. going to fight through an injury. And it's smart. It's not, it's not being a wuss and it's not being a bad teammate. It's being smart. Look, at you play hard. You play the game to win. But if you do have an injury, I mean, this is going to be the hamstring season. It really is because there's no way all these guys are going to be in playing shape in time. And I think there are going to be so many hamstring injuries and guys are going to sit it out. They're not going to try to come back early. Yeah. And
1: that's only human nature. It's so true. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, and we're talking with Marty and Greco from ABC seven in Chicago, giving us some time here. You know, you talked about the boombox situation. I, I, this, this works perfectly for me to talk to you about Sammy Sosa. We saw the documentary, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about Sammy's reaction in the documentary and kind of, there's been chatter the weeks leading up to the documentary about Sammy. What, you know, what will it take for him to come back into the the graces of the Chicago Cubs organization? Two-part question for you here. Obviously you covered Sammy. What was mm-hmm. he like for you to cover behind the scenes? Um, Cause I, I think there's a lot of teammates, you know, uh, some pitchers and players have kind of come out and said that Sammy was a selfish teammate. Um, And then the other side of it, uh, the, the question is what in your opinion would it take for Sammy to get back into the Chicago Cubs organization's good graces and, and be a part of that team again, as far as having his number retired, having a day for him, Where, where do you stand on that?
2: Well, first of all, the Ricketts family demanding that he apologize and admit that he did steroids is absolutely absurd. They didn't own the team back then, so he doesn't owe them anything. And, yes, he was a really bad teammate, really selfish, only concerned about his stats. He was absolutely great with me and every other reporter. He was great to the media because he said it best. He just strips it down to what it is. He, it's reality. He said, I give you guys everything you want. Baseball is about being a performer. I'm an entertainer. I entertain the crap out of you guys and all the fans. I give you everything. I give you every interview and then you turn on me. He could never understand that, you know, so I get where he's coming from. Sports is about entertainment. And he was one of the greatest entertainers ever in baseball. He thrilled us every time he went to the plate. Uh, and this documentary, just like The Last Dance, reaffirmed that Michael's the greatest and LeBron is maybe number two. That's why Michael released it now, because he was tired of, you know, two generations saying, hey, maybe LeBron's better than Michael. But this uh, Sammy Sosa-McGuire thing has really softened the opinion of a lot of people uh, about him being eligible for the Hall of Fame, or at the very least, he's not going to get in the Hall, but at the very least, have his number retired or a flag put up at Wrigley or something like that. People are sympathetic to it now because time heals all. But I don't know. I, I go back and forth because I'm saying, okay, look, this was the steroid era. So it's not just Sammy, who's never, who's never actually admitted that he took it, obviously he did. He was taking performance-enhancing drugs, but there were no test results available that proved him guilty. So he can sit on that for the rest of his life. It's just that if you want to acknowledge these guys and honor them, then you have to have an asterisk wing in the Hall of Fame for him and McGuire and Conseco and Palmero and all these other guys. And, and then let them in with, with a little footnote. You know, I go back and forth on the integrity of the game and all that. I don't know about integrity in anything these days in this crazy world. So I'm still trying to formulate an opinion. If I had a vote, I'm not sure which way I would go right now. But Sammy was right in saying, "I give you everything you want. It does nothing else matters, and you can't argue against that, really."
1: So true. Uh, we're finishing up here with Mark and Greco, Sports Anchor on ABC Seven. So, so Mark, I don't know if you've been asked this before, at least uh, publicly, maybe be you know from friends and family, but. Obviously, you covered six championships with the Bulls. You covered the Bears winning in 85, the Blackhawks winning three titles, the Sox winning the World Series, and, you know, obviously the the most recent with the Cubs in 2016. I I know it's hard to compare, but if if you had to just kind of take one of those championships to say this one was different because of this, and I'm not trying to push you to say the Cubs, but Mm -hmm. is is there – is there something with the Cubs winning comparatively to the other titles that stood out to you, or is it something different for you? Was it, was it one of the Bulls or, or any of the other teams that you covered that maybe stand, stands out to you the most in your career?
2: Well, for every Cub fan, young and old, living and dead, obviously it was the Cubs winning the World Series because, you know, that was really more special than anything else. For me personally, it was always the first championship for each team the Blackhawks in Philadelphia, you know, the Bulls in L.A., of course, the 85 Bears, that was probably the biggest for me because it was the culmination of the greatest team of characters ever assembled and the greatest defense of all time and an offense that was just good enough to kind of sit back and enjoy it with the rest of us. Uh, So I would go Bears number one for me, then Cubs, then Blackhawks first championship because I'm such a huge hockey fan. Then I would go Bulls first title in LA. That's the way I'd lay it out because the first title to me was always the best of all the teams. And the Bears going to the Super Bowl with Lovie Smith, eh, that didn't do anything for me. I didn't expect them to win. And, you know, the other Hawks championships were spectacular, but to see Patrick Kane get that goal in Philly was incredible and stick it in the face of those disgusting human beings in Philadelphia. <laughs> But I, I would go Bears first in 85 because back then it was so viciously competitive among all the TV stations here. We were the first line of information and entertainment, and they were the greatest cast of characters that any media outlet could ever dream of. Ditka was bigger than life, so was McMahon, everybody else, Walter, all the way down the line. So i go 85 Bears number one. Okay,
1: there you go. I think that's a yeah. good one too. I, I mean, listen, I, you can't go wrong with that for sure. So I appreciate the uh, that that answer for, for absolutely. Uh, Mark G sure. and Greco with ABC Seven. Uh, thank you so so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines. Honestly, we've wanted to have you on for such a long time. We're so glad you agreed to come on with us. Uh, you can catch Mark on Channel Seven five and ten o'clock. You can also find him on Twitter at Mark G and Greco Seven. Mark continued success for everything. Uh, your work speaks for itself. We, uh, we really enjoyed having you on. And uh, keep on trucking, man. And, and never let Ryan Cheverini tell you that he's funnier than you. Because we yeah. all know you are funnier <laughs> than him.
2: 100%. But he's so pretty. He you is. know, he's so pretty. He Guys, really it was an absolute honor. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Take
1: care. <laughs> Our thanks to the best in the business, and Greco from ABC7 Sports Anchor, longtime sportscaster in the Chicago market. That was a lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed catching up with Mark. And yeah. of course, you can find him on Twitter at Greco 7 Be sure to follow him. He is uh, a great follow and uh, certainly someone to uh, absolutely see what he is up to each and every day. I I know um,
0: so many people are going to enjoy that. Gian Greco, uh, he, he made... Being a sportscaster, it was, it, he made sportscasting funny and fun to watch and entertaining before people realized that was the thing. So uh, thanks again, for Mark, uh, for being a part of the show. So if you want to follow Ryan, you can find him at Ryan D. Lieber. Um, that's at Twitter, Ryan D. Lieber. And you can find me at the Chad Gordon, the Chad Gordon on Twitter. Make sure you as well uh, join the ever-growing and, and really fun uh, uh, Facebook page, the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook page. Um, great place for game updates, uh, uh, uh topical posts. Uh, we've got some, some contests coming up. We're going to tease and share next week. Um, make sure you join, um, find it on Facebook, uh, search for the
1: friendly Confines Chicago Cubs. All right. Very cool. So let us move on now, Chad, to the eighth inning. And this is something that we broached with Len Casper a couple of weeks ago when he was our guest here on the friendly confines. When we talked about pumping in crowd noise, of course, we know that the, uh, you know, major league baseball games will be devoid of crowds. Um, there could be a possibility where the rooftops at Wrigley could be at least uh, somewhat full with uh, fans, but there was uh, an opportunity for uh, Wrigley to pump in some crowd noise during the Cubs scrimmage. Um, and so I find it interesting that this could possibly be something that they're looking at to bring a little bit of uh, I guess so to speak normal you know normalcy to to games when players are are playing so it doesn't just sound like crickets are in the ballpark. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a, like I'm not hating on this. I don't think it's a terrible idea. Um you know, look, I can understand that oh gosh, one side yeah. of it to have the the the, the natural uh, sounds of just the players talking and the clapping but at the same time, I think it gives the, the players that extra boost, so to speak, maybe to, to feel like there's uh, somebody there to, you know, cheer them on when they hit a home run or, you know, get an RBI double. I mean, all those things are important. And so I'm not, I'm not opposed to the, the pumping and the crowd noise. What about yourself?
0: I hate it. I hate everything fake. I hate everything about this season, but I want to see baseball. So I'm going to deal with it. Just like I hate the player starting the 10th inning. Uh, second base. I hate it, but guess what? I want to watch baseball more than I want to hate and complain. So it's going to be unique. I mean, I, I could not get into any, I I like baseball, but you know what? I don't like baseball enough that I'm going to sit up late at night and watch, you know, the, the Mariners take on, um, the Padres, you know, in a late night game. I like watching the Cubs. And so when, when, when the Korea Baseball League was was on early on in the, in the pandemic, I couldn't get into it. One of the reasons was it was just it was like watching a scrimmage. There, there wasn't a lot of excitement building. So we are going to see that. We're going to notice that. So if they try to mess some, with some things, I can see some technological company coming in and saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to CGI fans in the stands and we're going to try that out. I bet we'll see things like that. Um, so let's give it a try. Let's see what it is. I saw some scrimmaging, um, where I think Willie hit a, hit a home run where they, they had like some, some organ music, some crowd noise, and then he hit a home run and they went right to, well, there it is. Um, so they had the sound guy at the ready. So
1: bring it on.
0: Let's see how it is. I just want to see Cubs baseball.
1: What about booze? What if we can like pipe in booze for our opposition? You can't can do that too. I just don't, I don't think you
0: can do that. I don't, I think that would be gamesmanship. I think they're, you know, I think they're going to be, all, but all, uh, although Ryan Braun, I've seen him at Wrigley Field, uh, he excels when people are rooting against him actively. So you got to be careful with who you boo, even if it uh, is, uh,
1: you know, uh, uh, robotic boos. Uh, Chad, we move to the ninth inning. I'm going to pull an audible on this because this just came down. Um, seats for the Wrigley rooftops have been approved at 25% capacity and they are going for $350 a ticket. So if you want to see the Cubs in person, you better be willing to pay up. Uh Chad, I know you're a season ticket holder and you're not able to go into the stadium. So would you be willing to pay that kind of money to see your team at a 25% capacity on the rooftops?
0: So so I know a little bit about this stuff. I appreciate the audible. Uh so a couple things I the rooftops are a great spot for big groups, corporate outings, people that don't really enjoy fans, people that like all you can eat, um, crappy hot dogs and, and burgers. Would I be up on the rooftop if I could? Absolutely. Do I kind of wish they t- took all the chairs off and just had people bring lawn chairs so they could social distance that way? Like it looked in the 80s of our youth watching the games with all, all the seats. What I have understood from this um, is it's going to be limited to 25% capacity um and the cubs have not yet the cubs own most of the rooftops they have not yet put theirs uh, up for sale. And so what you're seeing is, is an initial one kind of doing a, a trial balloon and the opening day has been sold out. A White Sox game has been sold out. Um, and I expect more to be sold out as, as, as you listen to this ep- episode. I think the Cubs are going to see what the market will, uh, will allow um, and they're going to set the prices accordingly. Um, I think, yeah, if that's your only opportunity to see it, go for it. But how unique will that be? Um, you know, all the way across Sheffield, all the way across the Waveland. That's going to be the sound of, of the real life human people that are cheering on beyond the dugout. So, yes, I would absolutely check out a game there um, if I could. Um, but, uh, man, I, I, I had this horrible dream. Ryan, I think I shared it with you. You know, my my best friend Edgar Rico and I have been to literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games, went to game seven together um, and got captured by the camera a couple times, as many people know. And it just hit me like there's a good chance we're going to go two full years without being at a game at Wrigley Field, and that is horrifying to me. So if the rooftops are our only option, yeah, I'd pay the price just to be able to see some baseball.
1: That's general – that's fandom right there, folks. General fandom right there. Uh, Just so you know, the – Uh, the the privately owned rooftops, as you, as you said, Chaz, not the Cubs is privately owned. Um, They have the tickets on sale for uh, 350 to 250 on Sundays. And that does include food along with beer and wine. So um, just drink up as much as you can and eat as many hot dogs (laughs) as you can. So you can uh, get the full worth of that entire ticket. So uh, with that, that is going to do it for this edition of the friendly confines Our thanks to Marchie and Greco from WLS Channel 7 in Chicago. For Chad, I am Ryan. We will talk to you next week, everybody. Have a good one.
0: <laughs> Don't let anyone say that it's just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk
2: into Wrigley